resident goon for his whole career. The running joke was that he was almost always fired, right? I mean, yeah. that's always kind of the recurring Laura Michaels joke. was going to get rid of him, yeah. At some point, and he just kept surviving. Yeah. Somehow, like a cockroach. Like a cockroach. Well, you can't kill him. You can't. No. No. He's, he's Pete Davidson, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Good Trash Runner cast, where we don't talk about Pete Davidson. However, Yet. we do know oh, someday. He should have been a kid in this movie. It's kind oh, of a cameo. You that, know what? Like, Honestly. Oh, we got John Cena. Kind of can... fucked up that they didn't get Pete, if yeah. you ask me. Maybe, maybe a little messed up. Yeah. Weird Ken. Get the scuzzy. Yeah, scuzzy Ken. Weird Ken. Yes. Scum, yes. scum bum Ken. Uh, skid Row Ken. Yeah. 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 God, Dirtbag Ken. Kevin Street Dirtbag Ken. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Hey, um, welcome to the Good Trash Honor Cast. We talk about the films you'll never discuss, discuss in a film says course. Uh, this week's film is the biggest budget movie of the year, twenty twenty three, and that is a Barbie. Actually, the biggest budget movie of the year the was big- probably uh, Dial of Destiny, the, the biggest <laughs> box office performer of the year. There we go, Barbie, um, starring uh, Margot Robbie, directed by Greta Gerwig, also uh, Ryan Gosling. It's you know, Simo. There's a lot of great people. Um, I'm still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I am still Dalton. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, this show is an analysis show, not a review show. So this movie is from this year, and we are going to spoil the ending, but not for the first little bit to give you a taste of whether or not you want to keep your toes in the waters of this show. And so it looks like this. We'll have a synopsis. We'll have quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. We'll play a little game called Expanding the Syllabus, wherein we will talk about the movies that orbit this movie, and then we'll get down to business, and that business will be analysis. And uh, that's when all spoiler bets are off. So that is your warning, my friends and neighbors. With that, Arthur, do you have a synopsis with which to delight us? Everything is ideal in Barbie land, but when Barbie wakes up with flat feet and existential dread, she must go on a journey of self-discovery that will take her into a world she was never prepared for. Dun, dun, dun. The real world. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, wait a second, you're telling me these three white guys are about to analyze Barbie? I promise we're going to be... the internet, baby. We're going to be cool and normal about it, I promise. Yes, we are going to be cool and normal. (laughs) That is our goal. That's our goal, is to be cool and normal about talking about Barbie. cool. Just normal and chill guys. Are we going to make stupid jokes also? Yes. Well, yeah, but we do that for every movie. Yes, so that that won't be new for anybody. Um, So with that, um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, we all saw this opening week or within two weeks of it opening, yeah. I think. Oh, yes. yeah, I went Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. <sighs> yeah. It's just so nice to see movies be the center of cultural discourse. Yes. It was. It's just cool. It was exciting weekend. I missed yeah. that time. Yeah. Yes. And it was just, you know, it was coming right off the heels of uh, Dustin and I covering Dead Center. It was just a fun, good, a good, good summer. summer. A good summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, which uh, which did you see first? Op or Barb? Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went Barbie first. I saw Op first. Which were we you? We were at that 70 millimeter showing together, I think. Yes, we were. Yeah. And then I saw Barbie on that Sunday, I believe. So at the end of the weekend, gotcha. I finished out the, the 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 double feature. I was in an audience full of young children who were... For Oppenheimer. <laughs> not for Oppenheimer, for Barbie. And uh, they... Uh, how did it go? They were not delighted. Yeah. It's definitely, I think, in the move to release... For me, the question was always, who is this for? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that was still a question once it came out, Mm -hmm. is who was this for? Mm -hmm. Um, Primarily 30-year-olds and up, I think. Yes, not eight-year-old doll fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it does get the PG-13 rating, I believe. It's teens. It's for to take your teens to, right? I don't know. I don't don't know about the teens, even. I think it's for... 
30-year-old Margaret and her mom and grandma. I mm-hmm. think there was a pretty young crowd. So I went to like a... There was a young crowd in my theater, but they weren't going for it. Yeah. No, I mine either. With, yeah. That, I went to like a 10, 10.30 at Flicks, and I thought it would be Maybe like... Maybe 16 and up. That's sort of the age. I mean, obviously, I was, you know, it was 10 o'clock at a place that serves alcohol Mm -hmm. as one of its main moneymakers. So it was like Zoomers and up. I mean, there were definitely people in their early to mid 20s there. But yeah, the crowd didn't go nuts like I expected them to. And I find the sort of full service, you know, restaurant while you're watching a movie experience really distracting. And didn't kind of give myself yeah. over to the movie as much as I would have liked to have. I, I really, I know we're kind of tipping our hands into review already, but I, I liked it a lot more on this rewatch. Um, yeah, because you panned it when it came out, like one star. <laughs> he hated it. I gave both movies a three and a half. <laughs> I was more excited for Barbie. This was my next question. I was more excited for Barbie going into Barbenheimer weekend and mm-hmm. kind of came out preferring Oppenheimer yeah. a little bit. And now six months later or so, I'm, I'm kind of come back around and I am like, no, I think Barbie is actually the, the stronger you know, more, not necessarily more substantive, but for, for my is. money, the more, well, yeah, for my money, the, the more, uh, successful, more well executed, uh, more, you know, lands, sticks its landing as far as doing exactly what it set out to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your mileage may vary. What about you guys? Which were you more excited for? You know, which did, did you ultimately connect with more? I was probably more excited for Barbie. Mm-hmm. I was too. I think just everything about it the the cast the the setup the mm-hmm. you know greg gerwig like mm-hmm. i mean that i like Nolan what a space Pine. odyssey trailer yeah, I mean, was, was great yeah market, i mean so i mean i was i was really i mean right i mean i love ryan gosling anyway so mm-hmm. i mean that was a pretty big selling point so everything about it really was pushing me more i think towards barbie well, none of us are nolan haters but i'd say it's fair to say yeah. all of us yeah, are 10 probably years ago it's probably a different story right yeah. sure but now it's like I think we're all three of us are more excited by a Gerwig movie than a Nolan movie. I'm not like a huge like historical bio, you know, I I Mm -hmm. like the biopic usually with musicians or people I'm familiar with, but that's not like a passionate thing I'm seeking out. Like, yeah, yeah. a three hour narrative about Oppenheimer. Let's go. You know, that wasn't me. So did anybody have a similar uh, experience to me? Did the the movie appreciate for you on rewatch as we we kind of sat down to do a big, you know, opening it, opening it up for analysis view for this show? I think just anytime you watch a movie twice, you know where it's going now. And so there there's a side of your brain that you can sort of put on mm-hmm. autopilot and yep. you can you can look for the layers a little bit more. And mm-hmm. you know, I knew it was smart, but it was, you know, it it, it showed me that it was smart and mm-hmm. smarter than I remembered and that was good. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I may I don't know if I've cooled on it a little more than I did in theaters. I mean, I I really went for it in theaters. I I loved it. And I still enjoy it. I'm not I I'm still having fun with it, but I don't know that I haven't cooled on it a little bit. Yeah, it I I went came out of it in Ju- July thinking, "Oh, I really thought this was going to be among my favorite films of the year." And was kind of a little crestfallen. Mm. And now watching it in December, the jokes hitting a lot harder for me at home for whatever mm. reason, me being able to emotionally connect with the film Get a little bit more. It. I'm like, Oh, okay. No, this is, this will probably round out my top 25. I, you know, I still like the crass commercialization of it, like still really rubs me the wrong way. Mm. I still think yeah. all the Mattel subplot stuff is fucking pointless. Yeah. Um, and really could have been jettisoned from the movie yep. entirely. Yep. Oh, but that yep. room from the Holy mountain. That's pretty good. Yeah, I love that. Is, I mean, look, there's for it's everything nice I touch, don't like, there's like a cool touch. But yeah. Yeah. You could put that somewhere else. Like that could have been a bingo. Weird sure. Barbie's home for all we need. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It could. Yeah. That would have fit in. Yeah. yeah. It could be a Jordan Walski house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. 
Um, so I guess that that's kind of where I've, I am like, oh, okay, I have come around on this and I've, I finally like, cause I was never, you know, like, Oh, this is stinky. No. Either, either in a gross way or in a, you know, healthy way. I, I was never in that camp, but you were, you I, see, I wanted I remember to that initial view, You seem like positive, just underwhelmed. Maybe that's mm-hmm. sort of where I was and at. Kind of questioning. I think some of the thematic direction. Yeah. And yeah. on this watch, while I still think like, you know, this is really thin is sort of analytically, pretty much like intro to filmed uh feminism uh that's not a bad thing and like there's plenty of really smart people i I don't think the three of us are going to get into like the limited white feminism of barbie today but if you want that that's out there they're like a lot trust me i did a quick cursory like youtube essay glance and there are plenty of people who like this movie that have smart criticism of it yeah um but the thing that i i kind of caught myself really connecting with was so last year's kind of movie that's a metaphor for the experience of being a woman, women talking was a movie that I really responded to. And my wife, Becca, like totally out. And she, she dug Barbie quite a bit and watching Barbie this time. I was like, Oh, okay. Another movie that is very much kind of a metaphor for the experience of womandom. Um, I think is like, I see why a movie like Barbie would resonate with, uh, especially wide audiences. Obviously. I mean, obviously it's a less challenging film than women talking, but I see why a sort of candy-coated, more fun exploration of similar stuff. It's a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah, it yeah. Just, I see why this like really hit with people. Why it really locked so many people in, and why like why that monologue like landed like a ton of bricks for so many audiences. Well, yeah, if you're going to give me a lesson, at least make it fun, yeah. right? And, and I the totally Mary Poppins get that. And that's something that I don't know. I don't always have like an easy time like connecting. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a freak I, I don't i don't know for some reason i don't sometimes always, you just want to be hit in the head and i do yeah as dry as i want to be beat up i yeah. want the movie to get mean with me yeah. but for yeah for whatever reason on this rewatch i really kind of like plugged in i was like oh i see the utility i see the value like this is kind of making more sense to me in a well, way it didn't used to we've entered some sort of like free form review stage um yeah. I, I think you guys kind of ruined me uh after um gran turismo because i i really the mattel stuff just I mean, again, spoonful of sugaring the corporate to, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, we talked about Grand Turismo as this giant, like, isn't PlayStation great kind of narrative. Uh, and this is doing a very similar thing, um, but it allows, because of its self-deprecating approach, like, I think we're a little more willing to go along with the two-hour commercial that it is. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. a lot of it just felt so empty for me and, like, what is like mm. so like I, I think the Gran Turismo dis- discussion we had kind of killed a lot of them you know watching I'm like why kind of rob some of your goodwill yeah, yeah yeah and then like all, I mean obviously a lot of product placement the Chevy stuff mm-hmm. right I mean a lot of, I mean the scenes from this are lifted for Chevy commercials right I mean mm-hmm. it is part and part I mean that, we're gonna film this and we're just gonna go ahead and use that as a, <laughs> a 30 minute ad on YouTube too as much as I like that car chase it does look like a car chase from a car commercial as Maybe more than it looks like a cinematic car chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't, you know, that, that was kind of the big, I think, switch off on me was, I have, I think I've cooled on it. It is because of that element. Because mm. I think you're right. I, I You know, you say that it kind of set out, set out to do what it wants to do. And I think mostly maybe, but I think the, I think the narrative is messy. I yeah. think this plot is messy. I think it is a messy I plot. Yeah. Me- I think the narrative is messy. I think the plot's messy. Plotting of it's messy as well. Oh, for sure. And I think it's just... That whole Mattel thing going, like going into the real world's fine. Yeah. But then the whole Mattel part of it does feel so forced and bringing them in 
just feels clunky and awkward and yeah. I could do without. Ken bringing patriarchy to Barbie land is that's like, enough. That's a movie. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole ass movie. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. need anything else. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree. Will Ferrell's funny and you should put Will Ferrell in a scene if you've got the option. But sure. And you're making a comedy. But like, what's per? It's just like a rehash of the Lego movie. But there were some things I like. I do like. And, and I mean, if this doesn't win the Oscar for production design, I don't know what we're you're doing. Right. Yeah, uh, I, and I mean, we we haven't got to that. I mean, that conversation comes out in like about a month when we get those nominations starting to roll out, right? Um, but surely this has to get a production design award. Um, but I I really do love the sort of artifice of the real world, especially mm. the Mattel headquarters, right? The mm-hmm. the everybody has the same uniform and everybody has the same cubicle, like which feels somewhat reflexive of Barbie land as well. Like mm-hmm. it's just another artifice that we exist within the Benny Hill chase and the cubicles is really fun. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. That's a good time. So I won on the movie. I think I was about to ask you, Mr. Mr. Grand Turismo's propaganda. What about you? Yeah. yeah well, because this movie is, I mean, it is in, in, it, it's a different kind of propaganda. Uh, is uh, it? Oh, is it because it's it's furthering it's the wealth mind virus? <laughs> well, uh, two different questions. Answer them both. My, <laughs> aren't we some hooligans? Ha ha ha! I, I will do neither. Um, my problem with the movie was I found its critique to be thin, and that was what I thought when I watched it the first time. And I realized, oh, well, it's just making one point. Well, that's fine. Good. That's, that's kind of where I came around. Good to. on you. Yeah. Yeah. I and, get what you're saying. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, just what if? What if it was the other way and we wouldn't like that very much? And so we got to figure it out. And so, yeah. Yay. Good job. Well done, movie. Um, so I, I, I ended up warming on a little bit. I was like, no, no, the simplicity is for the sake of the audiences. Is, it is going to reach. Feature, and, not a bug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm there for it. So, yeah, yeah. Warm for me a little bit, too. Well, an unconventional review segment, but one nonetheless, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. And so there you go, dear listener. Um, we now move on to a little game we like to play called Expanding the Silvas, and Dalton's going to tell you what that's all about. I sure will. This is the part of the show where we deliver on the promise of our premise. We discuss the films you would never discuss in a film studies course, and we're going to try to do it in a film studies type way by bringing in other adjacent materials that sort of further our thematic lens that we're looking at the film through. Um, obviously, this week's film is a film that probably will get discussed in film studies courses. Uh, it was a gigantic film. And I think between it and Oppenheimer, it sort of presents a roadmap for the future of film in some ways, or at the very least, the future of cultural engagement with Hollywood blockbusters. Must be counter-programming. Not necessarily must be counter-programming, but you have to like try to get people amped. You have to Mm -hmm. turn your movie into an event in some ways. Um, And I think there's a lot of utility in in examining what happened here. Um, There was a... So that recently when Oppenheimer came out on Blu-ray 4K, it sold out like nationwide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I saw somebody tweet, you know, it's like if if you treat your movie like a real movie, like it's a big deal, maybe audiences will care. Yeah. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're getting at. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, so uh, anyway, that's that's what we do here. We we try to say. What's the movie about? And what are other movies that show us how it's about that? Well, do you have a syllabus that does that? I do. And I'm going with one of my sort of classic things I like to do where we're doing a star study. Because I think truly we have one of our generation's only movie stars. Michael Sarah? No. (laughs) 
That's although, what I ex- expected. Although yeah. one of our generation's great character actors, <laughs> undoubtedly. Yes, yes. Uh, I love him. Yeah, he's he's great. His turn in Twin Peaks Return is something I think about all the time. No, I am of course talking about star and producer and mogul bitch. Um, Margot Robbie. Uh, that's me, mogul comma. Sorry, just to be clear. Oh. I'm sort of, yeah. I thought that was like a phrase tr- trademark, like no. the kids were saying yeah, that. Yeah, like, wow, okay. That's, the misogyny shows. Something Becca like says. Like boss yeah. Bit, I don't like, think, I, yeah, like that, exactly. I don't think I should be saying that, so Micro, I'm not going to. I think you should. Again. Yeah. Like no, I think I won't ever again, actually. I'm thinking better of it. My point is. Roast him, internet. Yeah. yeah you can't, can't say grammar and punctuation and voice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the point being here that I, I think Margot Robbie is such an interesting figure in terms of like the modern movie star. Um, you know, you, you have right now, uh, sort of the interesting case study of Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds, sort of the, the brand influencer that happens to also star in movies. And I think what you have with Robbie is somebody who is a little bit more in line with what we classically think of as a movie star, somebody who is Got a little bit more mystique around them. Somebody who is not quite so overexposed. Um, although I'm, I, I haven't looked into her online presence much. I'm sure she's got one. Um, but I, I, again, like instead of taking the clout and the acclaim and using it to launch a booze company or an energy drink company, a phone company, yeah, <laughs> is, shots fired, is doing what we expect. And is saying, I'm going to put my weight behind interesting projects and help interesting movies get made. And uh, she's done just that with uh, Lucky Chap Entertainment. Um, and I, I, again, I think the the biggies we look at are I, Tanya, Birds of Prey, Promising Young Woman, and Barbie. Uh, because those are you know all, all from her production company. And again, all, all show that she is you know interested in using her success to try and keep cinema interesting. Uh, especially like Hollywood productions, you know, keep keep interesting stuff getting made, keep vital voices working in the industry. You know, again, she's kind of in a lot of ways the primary primary auteur on Barbie insofar as that she's the reason mm-hmm. Gerwig and Baumbach, you know, end up doing it. She basically says it's it's me and Gerwig or I walk uh, mm-hmm. was as I, as I understand it is sort of how that went down. Um, or at least that's that's what the scuttlebutt seems to be. Um, so, I, again, I, I'm just very fascinated with her career uh, in terms of one, she's a fantastic actor. Uh, but but two, like it, it really is cool to see somebody leveraging in a way that that really speaks to, you know, them trying to one, create a, a career with longevity for themselves. But two, like also invest in trying to get interesting things made. And again, I name checked and referenced the careers of uh, our, our sort of Mr. and Mr. Influencer in the, in the rock and Ryan, because they're not making interesting choices because they're making very bad, very uninteresting, very dumb movies. Uh, and some that might as well not exist. So it's, it's interesting to see. And at least one of those together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And they both, you know, and they both make sure to plug their booze in that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know about this? Yeah, I figured you did. Um, yeah, we've yeah. watched it. Oh, you guys we've watched seen Red the Notice? Red Notice? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, and apparently gazillions of others have too, according to Netflix. So yeah, I, I guess I'm the outlier here. Uh, anyway, I, I just I, I think it's a good model for what we can look for in terms of movie stars still using use, using the the fame and the clout to do something interesting as opposed to just trying to become you know 
very, very, very wealthy. And again, I'm, you know, Barbie is going to make everybody involved fabulously wealthy, and that's fine. Whatever. Um, that's just sort of the uh, ecosystem of our movies. That's, that's you know, as conversation for another day, let's say. Arthur, how would you teach Barbie? What are you interested in with this? Uh, yeah, so I was thinking of simulation stories. Okay, um, sure, sure. Barbie Land is very much this, it's, you know, brought up at one point by one of the side characters. Is it another universe? You know, like mm-hmm. this place on the other don't side ask, of the don't map. Don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. Yeah, but like the Barbies are being played with and there's like this connection between human and Barbie. Uh, so there is a sort of simulation idea taking place here and Barbie has to cross through the simulation uh, to encounter her uh creator figure player right and so i thought that was just kind of interesting it's fun it's fun always to think about um philosophically and ideologically and stuff and so i i think that's where we'd go and look at it and we'd actually start with uh, the very first episode of the twilight zone uh an episode called where is everybody um which is about a man who wakes up in a town alone and is trying to figure out what is happening in this town only first to discover he's been in some sort of simulation uh preparing him for space travel and that he has mentally broke um it's what the first episode it's written by rod serling um and so it's a pretty strong little uh sci-fi story uh that's really interesting uh from there i think we're gonna talk about the truman show and dark city Mm -hmm. um both those movies come out the same year and they're really two sides of the same coin and i think very interesting ways and so to talk about them in conversation with one another um is is a lot of fun obviously we're gonna talk about the matrix yeah Uh, we're gonna talk about this idea we're gonna talk about that um speaking of uh mr brand uh, we're gonna take a look at free guy um which kind of plays with this idea as well where he is the npc uh which kind of takes on a new uh, element to this rather than being kind of the focal point of uh you know the truman show and and truman there uh then we're talking about look at the lego movie which i think parallels very well with uh barbie in those ways mm-hmm. um we gotta talk about don't worry darling i yeah. think sure. i think that's a fun place to go Absolutely. here and the way technology and tech fear comes into that um and then we're gonna end in a very fun place with total recall um, and you know, we can remember your sale or your dreams for your wholesale and talk a little bit about Philip K. Dick, uh, what he does in that movie as well. And this idea of selling dreams and stuff. And so I think those are some interesting places to go again. It's just an interesting idea and a plot point, I think, to have these sorts of simulation narratives and sometimes not knowing that we are in the simulation as we're watching the story can also be a fun element as well. Lego movie plus don't worry, darling does equal Barbie. Yes. yes. That is just sort of. The math of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. I stand by that equation. Yeah, I, There's yeah. a triple feature for you. Absolutely. Yeah, that would rock. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, what about you? What are you, what are you interested in? I have one of my traditional triple features as well. Uh, Barbie being the sort of first point there in movies in which we have considerable role reversals. Barbie land is the reverse world of the patriarchy. It's a Mm -hmm. matriarchy, uh, and, uh, sort of making us feel the awkwardness of all of that. And so, uh, movies that have done that kind of thing, I would go to something a little bit lighthearted, uh, to begin with. And Tom Hanks is big, where you have a kid mm. who is suddenly an adult and how does one adult Navigate as a kid world. and yep. sort of the ways and rules and expectations. And that's a little less politically driven um, because I, I'm going to go heavy, hard and deep in here in just a minute. Well, we've just done Barbie and we've got big. And then I want to do John Travolta's underseen 90s classic um, White Man's Burden. Have you guys know this movie? I've heard the title and have often thought I can presume I and yes and have presumed <laughs> things about it because of the title but I don't know a ton about it's, it it's basically just reverse the races are reversed 
And yeah, you know, okay, and, and so you know, the hoodlum kids listen to their heavy metal, rock and roll, punky kind right. of stuff, and Jesus and it, it's just everything backwards, you know, upside down and inside out, and they you wear know. their jeans too chainy. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure it's a well thought out and inoffensive, and you know, well studied exploration of race well, in next America. We'll be taking a look. At. <laughs> it, it's maybe two of those things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But not you, all of those things. Now, I do think you have doomed us to uh, eventually covering uh, White Man's Burden, unfortunately. You know what? I, I can I, see I, Arthur's wheels spinning. I wouldn't be mad about it, to be completely honest, um, because I, I do think it's, it's it, and as an idea, it's interesting, uh, even though it may not be completely successful in its execution. Or well-advised to do that. But I, I think it comes from a similar place as Barbie, in mm-hmm. that it's trying to sort of throw the reversal in your face and go, see, that's not very nice now, is it? Mm. So maybe be nicer the other way. You know, does I'm, Pleasantville fall into this idea? Does Pleasantville. Is that kind of the same thing, or is that doing a different thing? Uh, well, it, it, well, I guess it's a time thing, right? It's values. Yeah. Um, so it would be it would be a different wrinkle in it, yeah. So, I'm yeah, just curious. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But yeah, that would be the thing. I mean, obviously, you can just do gender swap movies, do this kind of stuff, race swap movies, do this kind of yeah, stuff anyway. Yeah. And so, but that's that's an interesting way at sort of reversing for the sake of introspection and uh, reevaluation, sort of sociological reengineering is the idea there. And I think that's an interesting way to think about movies in advocacy kind of ways, um, because I think Barbie is definitely doing an advocacy thing. So there you go, dear listener. I think your syllabus just got much longer. And I believe now is the time we get down. The business. It's business. It's business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. Ooh, it's business. It's business. That's right, your listener, and that business is analysis. I, I hear there's discourse about this movie. Is there discourse, Dalton? Not that we're <laughs> allowed to talk about. Nope. I can't imagine <laughs> that there is. I can't imagine anybody has anything to say about this movie. Yeah, very, very little. The no. largest movie of the year had absolutely nothing to oh, be no. said about it. No. It is, are there think pieces? <laughs> I, there are pieces. There I don't know pieces. if there's been thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, it's funny and good and cool that this movie made the right people very upset and sure. made them, you know, clutch their pearls, etc. Uh, is this movie about anything? Is it revelatory? Is it revolutionary? No. God, no. no. But again, there are lots of very smart people who can give you that take and are more qualified to do so than the three of us. So I don't I don't think we need to get into the limits of Barbie's white feminism. That's that's not really worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we even need to get into. Isn't it funny that it made like right wing people mad? Everything makes them mad. Sure. They're the true snowflakes. That's like been pointed out a hundred times on the internet. It's so obvious at this point that I don't even know why I'm bothering. It's boring at this point. Yeah. yeah. So like, what do we really want to talk about here? Um, Alan. Yeah, let's start there. Let's as soft boys. Let's start with Alan. Maybe that's what we're most qualified to talk about and where we should begin our discourse. Yes. What is Alan? What does Alan represent? What, who, this is who a pitch is he? And the firmament, yeah, this is, yeah, this is what happened in a pitch room at Mattel. <laughs> what, what, to, what is the friend of Ken? The the sort of accidental ally to uh, the the uh, reclaiming of Barbie Land. Uh, is that all? Is, is Alan cut just, out to be Ken? He's not cut out to be a Ken, and it's it's sort of like because he is somehow inoculated against the patriarchy and maybe it is by virtue of just not being an, a quote alpha dude mm-hmm. he is just sort of like not really interested in what all the other guys are doing um and again that is 
a type of guy. I know because I'm one of them and I've yeah. hung out with them most of my life. Tell me about sports ball. Yeah. I, why? But, well, <laughs> but then again, like whiskey beer, I've obviously have the kin disease as well. Right. Yeah, I, sure, I, you love horses. I love horses. Horses are amazing. Horses are awesome. You know, it's cool? Arthur and I had a long conversation <laughs> with a student about horses not very long ago. Uh, and I definitely have talked to girls about what a movie's about before. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've definitely sure. got that illness. You talking uh, about Godfather too? No, no. You've been that meme with the arm around the shoulder yelling. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. 100%. Not for a long time, but I'm sure I Yes, yeah, I have. I think we've all dipped our toes into those waters yeah. before. Oh, certainly. But I think anybody who tells them tells you that they're definitely an Allen all the time only. I'd say anybody. Any guy who tells you they're an all the time an Allen only is a... He's just saying he's not like other girls. 100%, <laughs> my man. 100%. Uh, that, and I think that is that's the real rub of it is you have to recognize if, if we're trying to like, you know, decouple ourselves as dudes from the, the patriarch, we're trying to like be against those values. I think that's part of it is there is an Allen and a kin within within all of us. And that's because we're socialized into this just mm-hmm. like everybody else. And it is kind of a fucked up, weird thing to have to navigate. And I think that is at its at its best moments. That's what Barbie is about is just like, hey, we don't really have a lot of big budget crowd pleasing movies about sort of one of the central organizing principles of modern society. And it sucks that we don't talk about it as much as we should and highlight the problems with that. And we're all living in it and we're all coping with it in our, our own pretty messed up ways. And at its best moments, I think that's what Barbie is doing and saying, right? Yeah. For my money. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but to keep, I don't know, do we want to keep it on Alan? Uh, is there any, anything we haven't touched on already? Well, I mean, the, the thing about Alan is he does not move in self-interest. I, and I, and I think that is really the, the sort of key there for any sort of allyship is that there, there is a, there is a gesture he could have made in which he would have said, Hey, this is what elevates my station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does not do that and rather seeks to float all boats. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that, that, that's, that's kind of the thing, um, that people have to recognize. And I think the movie is trying to help us see that is there is, you know, there's certainly the Kens who are sort of trying to upset an unfair apple cart. I mean, I, I think the world of Barbie is unfair to the Kens, you know, I mean, that's the point. Um, again, they're sort of role reversal of all that. But um, what Ken seeks to do, or rather what Alan seeks to do here is like, wait a minute, we don't need to just switch who's in charge. Mm-hmm. We need to do something better. And uh, that that sort of reactionary kind of vibe is not going to be helpful for anybody. Well, and that is you, you kind of have now walked up to one of the criticisms I do know that I've, I've heard of Barbie is like, isn't it a failure of the movie's imagination to not give the kids equal rights at the end of the movie? Yeah, probably. But who cares? Well, I mean, I, I think the movie recognizes that it it's does. a slow boat. It you makes know, a joke about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. As, and we're not going to we're not going to upset patriarchy in a day. That would be terrible. You know, I mean, really, truly, if you did that, because you would over you'd lose your job. Well, no, it would be the overcorrect would be necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in that kind of thing. And so it, it's going to have to go gradual. You know, I mean, this is just the way humanity moves. Humanity's never done anything immediately. Well, even when we do it immediately, we really make a mess of it yeah. pretty cata- cataclysmically every time. Yeah, sure. And, and, and I think the movie sort of is aware of that. And uh, that doesn't be saying, hey, you know, ladies, wait for your time. I'm not, you know, that that, that would be the, the the improper reaction to that. Yeah. And good of you to make a point to be like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. That, yeah, we don't want to. 
yeah, you know, we're, we're not going that direction. Misrepresent with it. what you're getting. But, at. but we're just saying, hey, it, it, it's going to be a thing that's going. You know, I mean, what's going to happen is you're going to have the same representation that women have in the real world, which sucks, yeah. right? But, a good joke. A good joke, but also that's an improvement. Yay, improvement, but keep improving. Don't ever quit, you know? Mm. And that, that seems to be the suggestion of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's not bar- the responsibility of a $100 million m- movie brought to you by Mattel to solve mm-hmm. the problems of gender in our modern society. I think that is an unreal expectation it's to shining have. a light on it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do want to point out, and obviously this number, I forgot to mention this when I was doing my syllabus, but and this number will, of course, go up when Academy Award nominations come out. But as of 2021, Lucky Chap, uh, the production company, has eight Academy Award nominations and 11 BAFTA nominations. Wow. Yeah. That's like less than 10 years. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Um, speaking of the success of this movie, I, I kind of want to talk just a, a, a brief dip our toes into original album hours. Just fun. We don't get that as often mm-hmm. as we used to. Uh, no. Once upon a time, it was extremely common, and now it is much less so. I think the last big movie I can think of that had one of these was uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a big moment for itself musically. Yeah. Um, and this this movie, of course, does have like a huge original album with multiple like big hits on it. Yeah. I mean, you get three Golden Globe nominations for music alone. Yeah. You know, three different songs. Yeah. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. And they're fun. I mean, yeah, that's one of the things we didn't really talk about in review is. It's got some good music, man. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, it does some fun stuff. I love Pink, uh, which is a great song because uh, of the way in which it you know, changes depending on the day, which I think is a fun little nod. The mm-hmm. lyrics change depending on which day it is Barbie wakes up on. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, but I'm just Ken. Um, <sighs> Billie Eilish's um, What Was I Made For? Um, she did that this week on Saturday Night Live. Oh, nice. Uh, which was a nice little rendition of it. Um, which is a really pretty song as well. And so, yeah, there's some just fun stuff in there. Dance the Night Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The, the soundtrack goes hard. The Yeah, Nicki Minaj's, uh, the, the sort of recover kind slash of sample of Barbie the World. Thing there, right? Bringing mm-hmm. in Aqua. Yeah. The Speed Drive, which kind of samples uh, Hey Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's some bops. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a very fun album. And no. uh, it's just, you know, it's exciting when, a like I said, when a movie gets this much weight behind it. Yeah. Because um, it's just not... Not something we see in, in the, the modern movie ecosystem too terribly often. Um, so, yeah, I, was, I thought that was fun. Um, we kind of immediately within the opening seconds of this film, like heavily situated within a postmodern meta movie making. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you don't register. cast Margot Robbie if you really want to make that point. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And if you're going to end up at that point, Two thirds of the way into the movie, you need to start at the beginning. The beginning at the the weird two thousand one homage. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, where Margot Robbie is a thousand foot tall obelisk of womanhood. Yeah, which was used as the teaser trailer, but mm-hmm. is then incorporated into the movie, and it's just great. It's so good. Yeah, very smart. Very smart to just go at that like a great teaser trailer. Genius to just use the opening seconds of your movie as a teaser trailer. Yeah. It's when you've got like kind of that concrete of an opening. And then we, I mean, we get another Kubrick reference later when uh, they met, you know, the daughters are, you guys shining in the car right now, right? <laughs> like we get another reference there a little later yeah. on. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously bomb back and Gerwig have a, a great knowledge of movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sure. getting that in here is, makes sense, but he's very much a, a kind of night, again, a very nineties thing to be referential and mm-hmm. also somewhat modern well and you you name checked you know the matrix in your uh syllabus yeah. on the simulations obviously there's the, the, the high heel stock or the pump. Yeah. yeah i mean there's there's that moment it's uh, you know the all of i mean the will ferrell 
Mattel stuff feels so intertextual with the Lego movie that like yeah. I, it, there's yeah. surely it's not purely by accident. No, I don't think yeah. so. Because it is. I mean, that movie is you know was a huge hit. Yeah. I mean, spawned spinoffs and sequel and yada yada yada. So I I cannot imagine the casting of Will Ferrell is a, a totally. You know, not not at least aware of the way the Lego movie uses him and the, the way its plot is sort of tied into the real world mm-hmm. and the, the legacy of the toy. And that really that movie, if you kind of want to look at like the the evolution of the the thought virus that is the brand movie, I think the Lego movie is sort of an interesting one to point to. Right. It's sort of one of the first ones that was like a huge success. One of the ones that most made people go, what, what are we doing here, folks? Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, cause it does the ready player one thing by just throwing every IP on the screen. Mm-hmm. But we all were like, yeah, and mm-hmm. it's cool. Like, I mean, it did it in such an earnest way that we were all very forgiving of the bridge. I thought she was discontinued. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, you're right. I, I think, yeah, it does feel very, very specific that Will Ferrell is in that role. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it has to be a direct nod to the Lego movie. I can't imagine it's not. Yeah, like I said, it just feels it's too. It's too there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to, to to you know hear about the, what the casting department and you know Gerwig thought about that. You know, speaking of casting, and you just mentioned Midge. You know who that is right? No, it's Emerald Fennell. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, who's worked closely with. Roby, because Roby's been producer on yeah, Promising Woman and Saltburn. Yep. With mm. her oh, studio. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Lucky Chap is yeah. also on, on Saltburn. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, yeah. No, a lot of connections there. A lot of connections. Well, and I think the 2001 thing sort of begins the. Uh, there's a symptomatic reading in here somewhere, and I don't I don't have it. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, confess my, my lack of insight here. But there is this sense in which. Uh, Barbie creates this sort of unreachable ideal, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the the petite object, ah, you know, from Lacan, this this thing that you want, but you don't really want to have it because if you hadn't attained it, then it would become no longer impossible. And that sort of strange way in which it it um it dignifies being a fan of the product or, you know, being a Barbie kind of person or you know, mm. not, not a Barbie person, but a, a person who likes Barbie and likes, you know, the, the whole thing of it. And uh, also recognizing the problems that is created and the ways in which you can sort of have, you know, your cake and eat it too. You know, that sort of weird slippage between those two kinds of things. And I, I again, I don't really have the insightful analysis of that, but I, I do see that there's something there that uh, Gerwig is trying to get at. It, it, it's not, not the movie that says Barbie's a fascist, you know, even though we have that line uh, from from the little girl. Um, it, it's not just that. It, it's like, yes, there have been problems that have come from that, but the, the, the thing itself is reflective of a problem. It's also escapism from the problem. Mm-hmm. And that you, it can sort of have these sort of multiple layers in which it is both the... Um, uh, a, a good thing to want, but also a harmful thing. That's this, this jouissance, this sort of painful pleasure mm-hmm. that sort of ties up with it. And and so I, I I think that's really really clever the way the movie's able to sort of thread those two needles. Why are you speaking so much French on a Barbie episode? I, well, I was just thinking about how problematic it was for him to call the tween a little girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just kidding. Now I just wanted to cut your very insightful, that, 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 your your, your self effacing, you're making still insightful bad, so analysis. Gotta, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got to cut you off a little bit. Yeah, uh, no, no, I think you, there's some good shit there. And I, I, what you were talking about made me think about, I, I made a note. I don't really have also no like really grand overarching theory, but there's something, some interesting dolls and in play and like childhood mm-hmm. development stuff going on here and sort of 
how that turns, right? How you go from like idolizing the object to hating the object, right? Like mm-hmm. some, some to really getting to, yeah. To maybe repairing your relationship with the thing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very interesting. Uh, and again, like we're not the right people to like really have a good take on this. I mean, there, there's some good, like if you want to like hear some film fans talk about their own relationships with Barbie and sort of how mm-hmm. that evolved mm-hmm. and how that impacted their view of the movie, uh, Caleb's show, the cinematic schematic, uh, he had uh, our, our former co-host Alex Bohannon on, and, and then the film festival, the Dead Center uh, programmer uh, Paris Paris. Uh, Paris Burris. They were both on the the Barbie episode over there. So you got two smart uh, ladies talking about their relationship with Barbie and how that kind of it plays into their their uh, reception of the film. So you know th- those conversations exist, and mm-hmm. with people who know us, you can keep it within the OKC podcasting family if you want. Um, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, I want to pivot us back to something that maybe we can talk about, or at least maybe have our own useful insights for is sort of the way the, the kin, uh, coup, the coup of the kins <laughs> sort of represents this, like this aggrieved man, right? Very, yes. very much. We've entered fight club hours. It is yes, yeah, sort yeah. of the, the modern male who is, it, it definitely like plays with that sort of Every stuff. Every home right? is a man cave. Yeah. yeah. Pri- privilege is when equality feels like a Every one of these guys yeah. just immediately hit midlife crisis, right? They've mm-hmm. all got Hummers and they, they're decked out their homes with gaudy decoration like they all just had divorces the funniest and the wild and out funniest outfits dude some of my favorite and a, and a movie with incredible costume design mm. so the the kins like once they go full kid yeah. mode is it's really good. Funny. It's so funny yeah yeah just like truly like tyler durden as pro wrestler <laughs> yeah. is how yeah. i would describe uh ryan gosling's yeah. I mean, uh all black the big fur yeah this is such a good look the metallica logo yeah. the metallica yeah. font kim yeah. belt bu- chain belt buckle yeah. oh my god so funny so silly and i again like it's not that crazy that people see the kins the people who are mad about what barbie has to say mm-hmm. like as as far as its messaging goes it's obvious that those guys see the kins and see the kingdom and do not understand how that that's them. Right. Obviously they don't see that or maybe they do see it and they say, that's not me. I'm not like that. Okay. Sure, buddy. Not all men. Not, no, not, sure. No, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the point we were trying to make right with like the all you, all men have an Allen and a Ken, right? Like yeah. maybe that's, mm. that's yes, it is all men actually. We're all, yes. because we're all socialized that the world is made we're not for all us. wearing black means, but we've all done We've all, want something of this behavior in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, even, you know, on a, on a, a much less, you know, sort of, um, you know, moral culpability kind of level, we all benefited. They have, go. you know, and, and enjoyed the benefits of patriarchy, mm-hmm. um, whether or not we advocate for that or not, you know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah. No, that's, that's such a good way to put it too. And, uh, again, obviously we, we shouldn't be surprised that people watch this movie and don't understand what's being, you know, the the better way that's being offered to them mm-hmm. but it's funny to me it, it you know because yeah. it is like so right there and it is just kind of like trying to lay it out in like a nice way it's not even like that mean Mm-mm. it's not like that mean spirited about like i mean the it is very funny uh to to do uh, the matchbox 20 song at the oh beach like gosh. such such a funny beat but like yeah like I've never done that because I can't play guitar, but I've absolutely watched it unfold. Yes. <laughs> I've watched it happen at a party. Uh, and it is like the, the the observations of male behavior are so like spot on mm-hmm. that it is like, of, of course, people recoiled from that. Like they see I, I imagine people who like are mad at this movie felt too seen. And mm-hmm. that, that's probably part of the problem. 
but uh, hence yeah. John Cena. Oh my God! He's so you so can see funny. him. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yeah, uh, oh, man, it's just wild. And and again, the the movies is simply just making the observation about how impossible it is to be a woman, and that yeah. is that's the problem. It's like all these sort of weird projected ideals, and the situation itself is untenable. That's the point, and so s- strides must be made. Is the anyway? Yeah, uh, I, I did want to kind of highlight another moment uh the sort of the the moment from the film that went viral in many ways is the big speech that america ferrera's character has when uh she's you know they're they're sort of trying to gas barbie up and help her you know take back barbie land and we've get we get the the big speech Mm -hmm. the sort of the what it means to be a woman in our our modern society um and that like that for me, that's the juice, man. Like yeah. I, you, I'm always on here talking about it's okay for a movie to be didactic, and for me, like it didn't land as hard as it it did the first time. Again, I because I kind of had a weird theatrical experience, but at home watching it, man, it's like yeah, this mm-hmm. it was absolutely like buckets. I'm just like let's go, pumping my fists. Like this is movies are a metaphor for our time, and if when, when else are you gonna do it? When else are you gonna let somebody have an impassioned? thoughtful monologue about the uh, the state of gender roles in our in our world if not in a big movie about barbie like mm-hmm. where where else folks like right uh, and I, I think this is maybe brings in sort of the push and pull of like our movies about things i you know you definitely um have the a very vocal contingent of people who don't think movies should have a message at the very least or i don't know that they would say it that way but it's usually couched in language about Hollywood being woke or stuff yeah. like that, uh, which we love to, uh, not we, I love to joke about on this show sometimes <laughs> as I did last week a little bit. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just, where else do we do that? What is our, our populist art? And if we don't have some, if our populist art isn't saying anything, then why are mm-hmm. we bothering? So I don't know. I, I, I find value in things, even if they are arch or lack depth or are didactic. I think there can be a lot of value in hitting the audience over the head and saying, this is what the thing's about. Right. Especially if, you know, it's well acted and well written. Yeah. Yeah. Just see what it feels like. Don't like that, huh? Then, you know, think about that and move, you know, move forward. But that's a good message. I'm I'm, I'm on board. Sounds like an Aesop's fable or a parable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, indeed. And much like, uh, a, a good parable. We we get a lesson uh, in that kingdom holds the seeds of its own destruction. Yes, it is built on uh, a rickety foundation. Um, you know, that's 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 the thing. That's that's a big metaphor, right? Um, I don't know. Movie. It's about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It turns out. Um, do we have anything we have to get to? Because I feel like we're going long. We're Are not. We? But we're um, not. No, but. No. We, I mean, we kind of kept it short with the review, though. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. evens out. Yeah. It does. Yeah, we did. We definitely did our diligence for analysis. Let's go ahead and render a verdict. Then shell for trash, Barbie. Go, Dalton. I don't want to go first, but I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's very shelfable. Yeah, yeah it's super funny. Um, the the jokes do hit. Um, I, if if you find Kate McKinnon annoying, then there's a you know a good chunk of the jokes that aren't going to work for you. <laughs> I know that that is a problem. Some people have. Uh, but, uh, for me, yeah, the jokes mostly land and it's beautiful to look at. I, I love the craftsmanship. I love the attention to detail. 
Uh, I just love the hand-designed nature of of Barbie World and like the, the very meticulous production design that went into this. I think it's just an incredibly looking film, incredibly good looking film from you know sets, costumes, cinematography, like top to bottom. It is just like an incredibly well put together movie. Um, and yeah, I think it's funny, and I think it uh, has a valuable message and is trying to serve it up in as populist a way as it possibly can and is trying to get people on its side and that's the thing that mm-hmm. i'm i'm so interested by is the people who are so alienated by this film i just i'm like but why it's it's trying to bring you in so much i feel like yeah i really feel like it is it's this you know it's so self-deprecating that it is and maybe that's what it is maybe it's self-deprecating in a way that like turns people off i don't know i don't know why i need i feel the need to psychoanalyze people who are mad at this movie but yeah, I mean, it's hard, you know. I mean, I've seen plenty of movies with stuff I don't agree with or now problematic, whatever, but still find value, merit, and entertainment in it. So, mm-hmm. like, I I don't know, like, the idea of writing stuff. I, I had this conversation a bit last week of writing stuff off because of whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I, th- I think those people just don't want to be let in is, is a part of it as well. Like, I mean, they just inherently are. They they got wind of what it is or and they are immediately shutting it off without allowing for any joy to be had. And so, but it's also very kind of specific humor as well. And if sure mm-hmm. it isn't your thing, it isn't your thing. So there is that too. I, and I could see that. I mean, yeah, I, I understand you're spot it. On McKinnon, Cause she's a very specific comedian and she <laughs> so, is definitely doing her shtick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's like being Ryan Reynolds. He's got a shtick. I don't like it. A lot of people love him, you know, I mean, and it, you know, different strokes, different folks. Yeah. So what do you say then? Uh, I, much for the same reason I shelved Top Gun Maverick. I mean, this is a cultural event. It is mm-hmm. uh, going to be talked about for a while. Uh, I think time is obviously always the great critic of, of a film. But um, yeah, I think that Dalton's spot on. I mean, crafts across the board are incredible. If nothing else, it's funny. It's incredible to look at. Some absolute bangers on the soundtrack. Um, and yeah, it's easy to revisit. And so I, I think for all of that, uh, it, it is worthy of being on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. It's smart and it's rewatchable. So yeah, shelf it. Do we want to make any predictions about the cultural legacy of this one, or do we want to save that for oh, you man. know after after we find out whether or not they're going to make a Barbie too? I mean, it's in a place like Black Panther. I think right. I mean, right now, you know, in five years, I think we're still thinking about it. We're still talking about it. I think ideas of sequels and you know, they're. I think Robbie and Gerwig have both kind of talked about like there's no place to go with the sequel, but we also know. Hollywood works. Um, we also know Mattel's kind of lined out this O-Tour cinematic universe thing, right, as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be, I mean, that's going to be a lot of the impact is what is following in the footsteps, you know? Are we going to get the, uh, I don't know, Matchbox movie or the, 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 I mean, I think we're getting Hot Wheels, we're getting a Barney. So, like, what other toy properties are going to finally get their day in the sun. Uh, Another attempt at G.I. Joe, you know, the fourth one. Hold on, let me reach in my drawer and pull out my Bop It spec script about sort of, uh, yeah, it's it's sort of, uh, what's that? Uh, The Exam by Way of Saw. Yeah. Bop it. Bop it. Turn it, twist it, twist it, pull it. Oh. I don't. I don't. I do not give consent. <laughs> God. I, yeah. I. I am a little worried about the the I mean, impending deluge I mean, of toy. I mean, movies. that's the commercial impact. Is yeah. Mattel's new push to a not even as I mean, we say cinematic universe, but the idea of they have already put together this like dream factory of properties and ideas and people that they want to push forward with. You know, and 
whatever that looks like, I don't know. Um, hopefully we'll get some entertaining movies, but again, it is just more commercial movie, right? I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to Uno the movie. Yeah, I uh, definitely. It makes you, I, I, you you say it, but I don't think that's a joke, right? I mean, no, I think that's a thing. No. I, it makes you want to hope for blockbusters that like have have a thought or have a vision, have a message, and are put together by teams of of filmmakers who you know are letting their collaborators do everything they want to do. You know, the money is going on the screen. It's being done with thought and care and intention and, and a vision. And I, I just don't know that that's, that's going to be the lesson from this is well, like, let, let interesting filmmakers make blockbusters and let them do it the way they want to do it. Well, just, Hollywood has always missed them. What makes the thing work? Yeah, right? for sure. They always find a way to sway to the wrong things. So right. When we get, I don't know. I don't know. The Bratz, the movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think it was already a Bratz movie. Wasn't I think they it? did like a, Maybe an animated, but you know, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. just trying to think about the toy property. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, like toy properties are kind of not a thing as much. I don't yeah. know. I think the video game movie is definitely, which we've talked about a little bit on Gran Turismo. I mean, they've already attempted a board game thing. I mean, we got Ouija, we got Battleship, sure. right? That was already an idea that's been kicked around. That wave came. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Time will tell, I guess. Time will tell. I suppose so. Well, Dalton, um, we're probably wrong. Can you tell them how to tell us we're wrong? Yeah, if you're ready to uh, let us have it with both barrels after this episode. We deserve it. You can go to goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com, and that's the name of the show you're listening to, at gmail.com for your long-form feedback. Um, find us all over the internet. He's Dustin Sells, sometimes the Dustin Sells. He's the Arthur Gordon, uh, sometimes Excalibur. I'm Dollywood Squares. Uh, find us on Letterboxd, Insta. You know, we're not really posting on Threads or Blue Sky, but I think... I'm there. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Social media. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe. You've listened to a podcast before. That helps us out, allegedly. Uh, If you really want to help us out, though, you can go to patreon.com forward slash GTM. uh, Find out what's in it for you. Find out how you can help keep the lights on over here. And uh, maybe we send you a movie. Maybe you pick a movie for us to talk about on the show. Who knows? All kinds of treats and delights await you over at patreon.com forward slash GTM. Arthur. We're not talking. This is it. This is the last time movie we're talking about for 2023. That's right. Next week we do the thing. We we have our own award show, and we're going to look back on the year of 2023 in good trash, uh, specifically the movies we've talked about on this show for this show. We're not going to be doing our actual like best of 2023. This is just the genre cast Shelby Awards where we are kind of doing looking the, at the show. Yeah, the thing where we uh, just make ourselves feel good about ourselves. We, we we just, you know, we look around the table, we shake hands all at the same time, and we say, good job, gentlemen. And we we commit to doing it for another year. Yep. What? What, pur- what purpose? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Shelvies is about how do we improve for next year and about giving new listeners a, a, a one-stop shop for what they should uh, try to catch up with. Mm-hmm. So that'll be next week. All right. Well, you keep watching. We'll keep talking. We'll see you all next time. I'm not afraid.